This is a Podcast 225 production. The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingle, Taylor Moore, Jay Darden, Congressman Garrett Gray, Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark, Sharon Weston Broom. The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is the Clay Young Show. Welcome back. It's episode 203 203 of the Clay Young Show here on podcast 225.com and on the Apple Podcast app. And you can also, if you're not an Apple user, just go to the site podcast 225.com and you can listen to the show there. Got a good one in store for you today, but hell, we always have good shows for you. This week's edition of the show features a conversation with two guys who know a heck of a lot about steak and restaurants. And they <laughs> they are very, how shall I put this? Interesting couple of personalities, and I mean that with all affection. They're two of my favorite people. Scott Overby of Doe's Eat Place. Scott owns the place, and his executive chef is George Krause, who is an unbelievable guy and a walking encyclopedia of both food, cocktails, and the accoutrements that make a meal fantastic. And they'll be in studio with me in just a moment. And uh, as I understand it, George is bringing something special along with him to uh, be a part of that show. They're going to be in here in just a moment to talk about Dozy Place and grilling season and everything that goes along with that. But first up, this is the final show before the 2019 Smoke 'em If You Got 'em, taking place at Ben 77 Bistro in Perkins Row. If you are hearing this show after Smoke 'em, you're about to hear what you missed if you weren't there. If you're hearing the show before and you haven't bought your ticket, here is your reason to get online at smokeembr.com and buy your ticket right now. Smokem starts at 4 p.m. at Ben 77 in Perkins Row in Baton Rouge. It is an event that we have done for the last five years. This is the sixth year supporting military veterans and first responders. The money raised at this year's event will benefit the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation and the Special Ops Survivors Foundation. The Chris Kyle Frog Foundation, named in honor of Chris, who was highlighted and featured in the movie American Sniper, played by Brad Cooper. That organization focuses on the marriages of people overseas and the spouses they leave behind and getting those relationships back to reset, back to normal, pre-deployment status as much as they can do that. Taya Kyle has made the last couple of events. Can't do this year's event because she's doing a book tour. She is an unbelievable person, and they are doing great work. And a part of her team will be there at Smoke'em this year. The other organization is Special Ops Survivors. These are SEALs and Special Ops people who are raising money to support the families of Special Ops people who are either killed in the line of duty or who are in a tough situation, and I'll leave it at that. Nick Roca has been instrumental in helping us pull this year's Smoke'em off with some of what they have done, and he will be there at this year's event. Now, let's talk about what that event looks like. It starts at 4 p.m. on Sunday, May 19th 
And when you walk in, you will have the opportunity to, with your $100 ticket, which is a $100 donation to these organizations, enjoy the grill station that is presented by Insurance Procurement Services. Brian Bennett will be there doing his thing on the grill. The man knows what he's doing. He would fit into this conversation I'm getting ready to have with George and Scott Overby in just a moment. There is also a dessert, a dessert station presented by Geico Insurance. Not to mention, if you're into fine premium cigars, like me, Don Juan Cigar Company will be there with the top cigar of Christian Iroa. And that will be yours for your choosing when you walk in to the event. There is also live music. Let's talk about the auction, silent and live. If you're a Saints fan, how about an autographed Alvin Kamara jersey? How about a replica of the Saints Super Bowl ring? Hey, LSU fan, how about a replica of one of the two last LSU football championship rings? Replicas of both will be at the event. Not to mention an autographed Hank Williams Jr. guitar, Rat Pack gear, all kinds of amazing things for you to get in the live and silent auction. And also trips. Tickets to see Carrie Underwood or Eric Church or Michael Buble. How about a trip to San Diego to go and train with Navy SEALs? Maybe shoot, maybe scuba, hell, maybe jump out of a plane. All of those things are there. And a trip to Normandy. Commemorating the 75th anniversary to walk the beaches that our boys did three quarters of a century ago. There is a trip there that will be up for grabs for you in the live auction. Not to mention other fantastic items. Thank you, Bobby D'Angelo, for the work that you've done. Brian Dykes at Ben 77. I mentioned Justine. Justine with Don Juan Cigar Company. Listen, they've been there since day one. Appreciate what they've done. Jeff Leduff, Kelly Leduff, Open Eyes Safety Training and Consulting. It is going to be a great event. You can buy tickets right now at smokembr.com. Other auction items. Sergeant Jen Russell and this Freedom Is Not Free portrait that is going to be in the live auction. That's amazing. Man, Garrett Reeves, Angel Armor, the Otterbox Cooler. I could go on and on and on. It is going to be an amazing event. I hope to see you there at Smoke'em this coming Sunday at Ben 77. Look forward to this every year, and it's going to be a good one. All right, let's talk about grilling season coming up here with Scott Overby and George Krause from Doe's Eat Place. I am imagining that this will probably not be an interview that you want to play over the loudspeakers at work. That's probably a safe bet. George said that he's bringing libation and some stuff and then Scott's going to come in here and who knows he always he's coming in hot the whole thing so just a word to the wise if you're listening to this one with the kitties in the car you might want to hit the pause button and wait until you can do this when impressionable ears are not around and not so much because of some suggestive content that we don't really mess around with that here but i'm talking about the colorful flowerful language of men in south louisiana it could get real real fast i'm just saying 
George and Scott in studio with me next. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. This is Jeff LaDuff, retired chief of police for the city of Baton Rouge. I'm Kelly LaDuff, co-owner of Open Eyes Safety Training and Consulting. Open Eyes is focused on providing quality safety solutions that give businesses and employees the skill set needed to recognize and react to dangerous situations. On a daily basis, we hear yet another story of workplace violence or active shooter. Open Eyes offers a unique approach to keeping you and your businesses safe through site analysis, technology recommendations, policy review, and employee training. To set up a consultation for your business, call us today at 225-313-9713 or visit us at our website at OpenEyesSafetyTraining.com. We say keep open eyes because 10% of our population cause 90% of our problems. See them before they see you. This is The Clay Young Show. Back with George Krause, who is the chef at Doe's Eat Place. He is uh, Scott Overby's live-in babysitter over at the restaurant on most days and he he came bearing gifts here so we're going to talk about grilling season as i said earlier and george is the man if you want a steak bigger than a plate go to Doe's. you won't be disappointed gee what's up bro bigger than a plate you just need a bigger plate you just need a bigger (laughs) plate so you know around town george is known as the thick skin barometer my phrase not anyone else's and george and i get along and we laugh and joke but if you've got thin skin he's somebody you probably want to sucker punch if you've got thick skin he's going to be a good friend of yours because he's got a great sense of humor uh you know man before i get into all of that i was at doze as we record this a week ago to uh, a week ago yesterday for a wine dinner that you did and i want to say this was either the most recent in a while or the first one you've this done this is the first one we've ever done in okay. the restaurant so that was great let's talk a little bit about that i know people wondering what sure. what's the relevance of that no just go along with we'll, us and we'll, we'll get see. there yeah i know where this is going right. i see this coming yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that. Tell tell everyone who wasn't there because it was an invite only thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, what what it was and how that worked. So uh, the way the wine dinners function is, as far as the guests are concerned, we put together a list of wines from a single portfolio mm-hmm. with multiple courses. In this case, we did five. Yeah. For a set price that includes tip and tax and everything. Right. right. You pay for. Your I tickets. tipped over. I didn't know that. I tipped over and above. Nobody it, told me that. I'm, Jade was happy. All right, that poor girl worked herself to death. Cause, Cause Scott sat down with us. Yeah, no, worked herself to death. Um, we and he was okay. drinking wine out of a glass the size of the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that I, I love it because now he's a wine expert, and we we're discussing this the other day. Uh, but as, as much as I, I love it, the the advantage of doing this is yeah. you get to come in. 
we usually have a very set menu. We don't change mm-hmm. it a lot. We mm-hmm. run a special here and there. This was a chance to showcase something different. We have a great wine selection already. Sure. Yeah. And most people don't realize that we have curated our wine selection around the food we have. So mm-hmm. I actually have a wine on the list to pair with everything on our menu. Okay. So this was a chance for us to showcase that and try some new things. Okay. So they actually brought us several bottles of wine. I tasted through all of them, which is the worst part of my job, you know, drinking eight bottles of wine in a single sitting. Oh, I feel so sorry it for you. It was miserable. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a terrible. shame. Right. And then having to taste through them, pick the ones I liked, and then actually create yeah, that's horrible. a food menu oh, yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, so terrible. you have to eat steak and all that other stuff and taste wine. Oh, no, no, no. This was, ironically, I, I want to say my palate... I have enough um, flavor vocabulary, I guess is the way to put it. Yeah. Where doing the tasting on the wine, I kind of immediately started thinking about what stuff was in it, how it was made, the flavor profile, and then found a few things that would kind of pair really well with that. And then off of that created, I I essentially with a pad and paper drinking wine, wrote down the menu and said, all right, that's what I'm doing. And then I just had to make it happen. So the because of the flavor, so you paired the food based upon the flavor profile yeah, the of the wine. Enti- all the recipes were created off Built of around. the wine because there was. I mean, you had there was a Chardonnay, but you didn't. No, did you do a Chardonnay? We did two Chardonnays. Two Chardonnays, but you didn't. You started with a red. So ironically, uh, when I did this, I had no concept of the price of the wines when I was doing it. I yeah. did straight up flavor because yeah. a lot of people when they do these events. They'll they'll kind of go with the you know we're gonna start with the less expensive cabs and do yeah. some lighter appetizers and then when you hit the big robust meat yeah. I'm gonna do the most expensive yeah no that so wasn't that, a cheap dinner either yeah. yeah well the first wine we did was a Cigarinello cab and yeah. we did it with homemade charcuterie board yeah. you know uh, rabbit rillettes which slow cooked rabbit we basically turned into a spread for garlic crostinis pickled radishes alligator mm-hmm. sausage. The alligator sausage. My God. Yeah, that. I may or may not have had a stash of that bottle leaving with me when I I know you did. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I I watched it walk out. Well, they they brought it to me. I I, I I didn't go into the kitchen and take it. I know where it went. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, T. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, that that was the most expensive bottle we had, and that was a delicious cab. It was, but the one I know you're really wanting to see is that fuse cab that I paired. Because it was a little, it had a good smoky note to it. Yeah, you and want to tell them it, what you paired it with? Sure, I did prime rib. Yeah, and I smoked it with cherry wood because uh-huh. that cab was very stone fruit forward, and yeah, buddy. it was to die for. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> the part I you ate don't it all. know is I smoked another one yesterday in pecan. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, I sliced it up this morning. Okay, you lost my number. No. This, it ha- it, it's we, going away. It has a purpose. It's already gone. It was sold. Wow. We're five minutes in and this is how you do me. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, okay. But I brought gifts to make up for these. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to get to the gift. I'm working my way towards the gift. He, he did indeed. He uh, says he's yes. working his way towards it. He has had yes. his hand on yes. it since it my showed My left up, hand is resting on it slowly as we gotten speak. Closer, closer and closer. closer yes, to yes, his body. yes. I'm measuring his reach <laughs> so I could keep it away. So, okay. Let's talk a little bit about the art of what you do at Doe's. Sure. Because Baton Rouge is, like many Louisiana towns, we have great and eclectic restaurants. We, I don't think anyone leaves Louisiana to go anyplace else to eat. 
And in Baton Rouge, we've got everything from, you know, the fine premium dining where you get the small plates of food that you can't pronounce the name of to the Cajun restaurants and places that do really hardcore South Louisiana dishes. And then you get a place like Doe's, which is a steakhouse that also has nuanced other items on the menu. Kind of talk about how you go about doing that. So Doe's originated in Greenville, Mississippi. Right. And if you ever get to see the menu from there, it is extremely basic. It's mm-hmm. about a third of the size of what I have at ours. Really? Yeah. So they, they do the steak. Mm-hmm. They do the gumbo. They do fried shrimp, broiled shrimp, and that's it. Huh. The salad still comes. The yeah. potato. like, But that's it. It's over. So you walk in. And they do the tamales, of course. Yeah. So you walk in and you tell them how many pounds of meat you want and how many dozen tamales you want. Right. And that's it. Right. You're gone. Um, our menu was about that size when we started here. And okay. we slowly, over time, realized that, hey, people want a little bit more. And mm-hmm. so we, you know, we added soup of the dick. So now the soup's changed out. And then, you know, they don't have the ribeye up yeah. there. But people down here want that. So yeah. we added a ribeye. And... Just over time, we've added a little something here, a little mm-hmm. something there. You know, put a few fish dishes on the menu because, you know, it can't be guys' night every night. You have to right. bring a wife eventually. So there's some a little bit lighter. We've got some salads on there, right. a little bit lighter. The appetizers have expanded. So just over time, the menu has gotten to be eclectic. It's mm-hmm. based on what people order. So yeah. uh, the fried asparagus we do yeah. was yeah. one of those... We tried something and people liked it and we brought it back again a little while later and tried it again and they sold out every time. So eventually mm-hmm. it stopped. became permanent. It became permanent. It's so there forever. I want to throw this at you that I think is amazing. I always I joke with Scott about this. My buddy Kevin Artigo owns Louisiana Lanyap here mm-hmm. in town. And I've always ranked the catfish at Lanyap among some of the best catfish I've ever had not made by my grandmother, God rest her soul. Mm-hmm. And I was at Doe's one day for a meeting, and I I didn't want a steak, and I don't remember why, but I wanted something a little lighter, and I saw catfish on the menu. Holy cow. So I had the catfish, <laughs> and I want you to talk about the catfish because I've got a buddy, a captain in the sheriff's office, who's in there at least once a week pounding pounds of catfish into his face because it's so good what do y'all do with the catfish over there so one of the and it's fried by the way oh it's oh it's definitely fried one of the things that i love about the concept that scott and Teresa brought up here with Mm -hmm. them is we wanted to have the best quality ingredients Mm -hmm. and don't screw them up Mm -hmm. because any you know anybody can buy really expensive steaks and make them worse yeah, I heard that pop. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man on the other <laughs> mic. You were saying something there. Yeah. So when we when we wanted to add a little bit more seafood to our menu, we ended up finding this catfish, this product, and it is the highest quality catfish I have ever found. So uh, Scott was telling me that it comes from um, someone in Mississippi. Is that right? Yeah. And so he was telling me that it's it's 
does he have a, a container or he's, he's like the water that he keeps it in is, is fairly pristine, which has that impact on the taste. So it's actually an old quarry. It's okay. actually an okay. old limestone quarry. Okay. And what they've done is they've, they've partitioned this quarry into multiple segments. Okay. And so as the fish get older and move through their life cycle, they mm-hmm. move into the next tank mm-hmm. and they clean out the old ones. So yeah. they get all of the, uh, for the lack of better term, uh, excrement off crap. the bottom, mm-hmm. the crap. Well, the no, mud. this is a podcast. You can say anything you want on here. It's not regulated by the FCC, so you can just say it. Yeah, they, Richard they, Condon's been in here, so trust oh, me. Oh well, man, no, I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing it nice for a little while. You never know what these are going to do. We're drinking anyway. We'll see what happens. <laughs> well, I hadn't started yet because I wanted to find. I, I'm I'm going to work my way to find out about this, but I kind of wanted to, to, to on the cat. Well, you are, but I, I wanted to get on the uh, get you to finish your thought on the catfish because. I think it's something that most people, when they think about does, and I've told told them about the catfish, like, what, they sell catfish? I don't even think people look around your menu because they're thinking, oh, yeah. okay, I'm going to get a steak, how, how big, how small. But back to that. So he's so, got it in a quarry there. Yeah, so and, every time they, they hit the next cycle in yeah. their life, they move into the next section, they clean everything out, refill it with fresh water, and then move the next ones into mm-hmm. it. We already know that catfish, it's mudfish. Mm-hmm. They dig around the mud for their yep. food yep. and everything else. Yep. And so when you farm raise them or you catch them wild, they're just dirty. They're muddy. They taste grimy. Yeah. Because they don't ever have this buildup of anything to dig around in, Yeah, they don't get any of that taste. Okay. So they taste like fresh, clean fish. You it still is get super the clean. Oh, yeah. yeah. You would be, all I put on them is a blend of cornmeal and flour and a little bit of salt and pepper. That is it. But see, that's that's the thing. When it's quality, you don't have to mask it in exactly. seasoning to hide it. It's like putting steak sauce on a steak, God forbid. I mean, you're masking well, a piece of... At some point, if you cook it enough, you need steak sauce just for moisture content. Well, but that's... <laughs> so, okay, so this is a thing. So this is great. So I've had this debate, not really debate, discussion with lots of friends of mine. And we're talking to a master chef here, so you're getting ready to hear it from his perspective. I order a steak when I go into most places... I want it medium rare or medium rare Pittsburgh style, mm-hmm. which is basically medium rare plus, but it's toasted on the outside. So actually, do you know where that comes from? I do Pittsburgh style. Actually, I do. Well, I would imagine Pittsburgh. but So actually, the Steelers, um, when they were working in all these big uh, or uh, yeah, the big, yeah, giant refineries, mm-hmm. Scott, risk whiskey is already getting to my tongue. Yeah, that's right. You just had a tablespoon of it. Yeah, I know. It's... But I'm all letting it sit on the tongue. Just Everything's saying. going numb. Need to stand up so you can pull your slip up. I mean, come on. Usually I'm drinking with cigars, and here <laughs> I am sitting unlit. <laughs> what is this in my left hand? <laughs> oh, <laughs> toys. <laughs> That's right. So while they're working these foundries, yeah, uh, they would actually bring meat with them to cook because yeah. it was just easier. Yeah. And what they would do is they would put it on their shovels, open up the base of the foundry, and just yeah. shove the shovel in sure. with the meat on it. So that's and where pull that- it out really fast, flip it over, put it right back in, pull it out. Brilliant. You're talking 15,000 degrees. So you only have to put it in there for oh, yeah, three seconds. A couple seconds on each side. So it is completely crispy on the outside and the inside still ice cold. That's, that's where that comes beautiful. From. That's why it's Pittsburgh style. Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. So now you know. Now I know. We all know because I, I, I just learned that because I never knew it. I knew when you asked for it what you're asking for. I never knew the origin and of it. And now you know why. So when you're, again, I, th- those are the types of ways I said earlier that I order a steak. When I am, when I, that's not over becoming in here, is he? Uh, it, 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 yeah. when, when I 
order a steak in a place and I'm with someone and they say medium well, I'm thinking, oh man, you're gonna ruin that steak. Uh, as a chef in the kitchen and the order comes in and you manage people, but but it, it, you see an order that says, well done. I said, I think maybe it said medium, but, but well done. They want a well done steak. Um, what are you thinking? So as a, as a business person and a chef at the same time, I think two things. One, that poor cow died for nothing. <laughs> Because they're, you know, you're, you're cooking it that well. <laughs> At the same time, as somebody who has worked behind a bar yeah. and dealt with people and customers, sure. and like that's you can't talk people out of it sometimes. No, you, and, and and people who are amateurs at having steak, they they don't they don't I'm get not them even all the time. Say that. Okay, um, you you tend to do things the way you grew up with them, the way you were raised. True. So you will find that it tend the people who do that tend to be. Elderly people uh-huh. who grew up in a time when issues with beef were a real sure, thing, and right. so that's how they knew that it was right. safe. Yep, pork is the same way. Yep. So pork, pork's you, dangerous. So is chicken. Pork isn't cha- dangerous mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not. But you're right because yeah, of the quality. There, there hasn't been a case of trichinosis, which is why we used to cook pork well done all the time uh-huh. in forty years. Which means forty years. Forty really? years. We have bred trichinosis out of pork wow, at this point that's awesome which means you can I'll, i still wouldn't do it medium rare but you can do it medium nah. it's a texture medium thing at that point medium yeah yeah i could do that nice nice pink hue to it really juicy do yeah. you do a big pork chop at those occasionally okay we do it for restaurant week okay. uh just because we we like to keep it a little different we'll, we'll change it up a little bit but that pork chop it's killer it comes out around every once in a while but it's that little mm. Hidden away. Apparently, gym. he lost my number when he did the pork chop last as well. Uh, I'm sorry. We've done it for restaurant week for the last four years running. Yeah. I think you just forgot how to come to the restaurant. Oh, touche, my man. Okay, it gets advertised yeah, every time. Kind of does twice a year. Well, I mean, you're talking to me like I'm an advertiser. Oh, wait a minute, I am. Yeah, you are an so, advertiser. So learn to read next. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but again, so your attitude, which is interesting, I, I'm surprised at that. You're you're like, look, that's how they want it. Let's do it that way. So it doesn't bother you, because I've heard that there are some some chefs who are offended by someone asking for a well done piece I've, of I've beef. I've said this ten thousand times in my lifetime. Okay. I'm a member of the Green Party. As long as you're paying for it, I don't <laughs> care what you want. <laughs> yes, sir. You that, you yep. want to rent out the entire restaurant on a Sunday? <laughs> there's a price. You want to pay the price? <laughs> I will make sure we're there and open. Oh, capitalism. So yeah. so then talking about preparing a steak, your recommendation of the perfect way to prepare a steak is what? Slow roasted and hard seared at the end is my preferred method. Could you be a little bit less like you're talking to a room of chefs? Okay. Uh do it in your oven mm-hmm. at a moderate temperature mm-hmm. until it's close to where you want it in the middle. Moderate being? 375 to 500. Sitting on what? On the rack. Just, put, just on the rack and put a pan or something on it for the drippings. Catch any drippings. So, wait a minute. Where's my pen at? Wait, yeah. hold up. Because, <laughs> no, I'm not Uh-oh. joking around. I'm about to write. So, you. He's, let, t- he's uh, recording this, yet he's going to take physical notes at the same time. That's exactly right. I believe in redundancy <laughs> in life, George. Uh, so, so you said in the oven at what temperature? Anywhere from 375 to 500, depending on how, how you're going to get there. Yeah. But a pain. For how long? It. Oh, that's. 
that's the issue. It all comes on how you want it cooked. So let's say, just for the sake of throwing it out there, not that it's a real thing, uh, medium rare. Get this easier. Why don't you go buy a thermometer? Barbecue, I have one. Barbecue thermometers are, are relatively inexpensive. Yep. Point. You yep. can get the digital ones where you can put the cord in it and leave it on the outside. So what temperature? So I would set it for 10 degrees less than you would want it to be when you finish. You're speaking Portuguese. I mean, I'm help not, us out again. It, uh, yeah, you, okay. Will right. you let me finish? I'm saying. I mean, we're trying to get. Well, look, you, you, y'all are with me, right? We're trying to get the steak right, and he's taking his time. The number I'm going to give you, okay, is 20, 30, 40, 50, and 60. So, at 120 degrees, okay. you are about you're within a 10 degree range, five in either direction, mm-hmm. of rare. At 30, you're in a five degree range on either side of medium rare. Obviously, if we keep going, 45, mm-hmm. 40 would yep. be on, on that. Yeah. So if you're going to do that, you plug your thermometer in, put it on the side. Yep. If you want it medium rare, set it to 130. Yeah. Or a little under, maybe 128. So right. that way, as soon as it goes off, you can pull it out, get a big old cast iron, get it ripping hot, just a hair of oil in it. As soon to as sear that the outside. To smoke, put it on there and, and give it about. 45 seconds to a minute and a half on one side, flip it over, do the exact same thing, flip and rotate it so mm-hmm. you get as much new heat as you can. You pre- you prefer olive oil, uh, butter? I mean, what oil do you want in the You skillet? want something with a super high smoke point. So with what you would probably have in your home, vegetable oil or shortening. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> Um, <laughs> olive oil. It, most people keep extra virgin olive oil in their house. As soon as you get that hot, you lose all the benefits of it being extra virgin. Butter and bacon fat are going to burn because they're both animal-based fats. Mm-hmm. Shortening or... Uh, Do you realize how many people right now are thinking about whether or not they have a steak in the in the fridge or freezer or, you know, how quickly they can get to the store to go get a piece of beef, which I oh, believe we this. We haven't even hit the fun things. Oh, no. That? Listen, listen, <laughs> we're just we're just getting started. But that's a thing. I think that when you sit around with people and you really are a pro at this, but when you sit with people, that's a big discussion point. Steak. To me, it's like wine. It's like a good premium cigar. It's it's in that category of things that you think about from flavor profile to how you like it, what's the etiquette, the whole thing. And it really is important because I think anyone who knows what they're doing can prepare a steak. I, I you know, I, I'm not one of these snobs who say, oh, no, 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 it's too hard. No, with what, but, but the thing is, what you just described, I have never heard before. And for most people who don't, have your credentials and who don't do what you do you never think put it in the oven at whatever temperature so what we do at the restaurant we actually use a broiler our broiler is around yeah, i've actually heard degrees. that i've heard that so what this does is it gives us hard searing heat on mm-hmm. the top but in general it's a moderate temperature yeah your own oven can do this yes a broiler right. a low broiler will yeah. do this yeah and we cook it for anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes, depending on your temperature. And we, we've got it all calibrated in time the way we want it. Yeah. So if you're going to do anything under three quarters of an inch, mm-hmm. do it in a pan. At that point in time, it doesn't matter. Um, by the time you do it in the pan on one side, give it about two to three minutes, flip it over. And then at that point, you watch for liquid. What's your philosophy on the kinds of uh, beef to because there's just you know the the from uh 
Wagyu to Kobe to all these things that people are learning about now. And some of that, my opinion, not anyone else's, some of that is is kind of fad-like because people have been making great steaks before most of America had a concept of what a piece of Kobe beef or Wagyu was. But what's your thought on that? So what, what I run into a lot is people asking me this exact same question. And what you have to realize is nine times out of ten, what we are discussing is a breed of cattle. Mm-hmm. It's just a breed. Yeah. So Wagyu is just a breed of cattle mm-hmm. that is become popular because it naturally produces really nice stores of fat throughout it. But it still depends on how it's raised. It still depends on how it's slaughtered. It still depends on how we age it. So... Australian Wagyu is going to be better than American Wagyu because it's raised in Australia, where it comes from. It's adapt to that climate. That how, you, how would you even know if you're go, like going to a store? Because if you're buying it here, more than likely it's American Wagyu. Okay. Was um, anybody here near here? I, the last time I shopped in a grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, if you're going to say like a Whole Foods or a Fresh Market or whatever, you wouldn't know. You. Okay. I don't go to a grocery anymore. My wife cooks. I don't. I, I'm almost never home to cook. And when well, I that's do, right. you, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah, buying the, uh, large cuts. And ironically, Sundays is days I smoke stuff at my house. Yeah. That's, What's I your go to smoke thing? Uh, she's a big fan of pulled pork. Mm. I like brisket. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just did a whole batch of bacon, which really? you had some of it. I did. I that, have. Uh, that, I don't did that rosemary black pepper bacon that was on top of the salad. For yeah, wine dinner since we're this, going full circle. Again. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I want to circle back to because uh, I want to. We still got to get into grilling season, but the uh, alligator sausage. It was it was like an andouille. Uh, so actually, that is an alligator sausage that we purchase from a... Scott was telling me about yeah. that. Is it all alligator or is it a combination of alligator and pork? It is It is mostly alligator, a little bit of pork fat. Okay. I had to add a little something to give it It is fun. phenomenal. Oh, it's delicious. So the thing about it is they brought it out and it was, uh, it, it was room temperature. So I actually did them like bratwurst. So really I, now. I boiled all of it in South Coast Amber Ale by Parrish. Yeah. And got them fully cooked up the temp. And then I pulled them out and let them, the outside, dry off a little bit and then sliced it so that it had a chance to absorb all that excess flavor back into it. So, yes, it came out room temperature because it was a charcuterie board. Yeah. But what is that, by the way? A charcuterie board? Yeah, no, charcuterie, period. Because you see a lot of that. There are like a couple places in now, in town now, that say they're that. But oh, uh, Lord, oh God, here arrived. comes Scott. Scott's. I'm so sorry, everybody. Scott's about this to, uh, ladies really and gentlemen. Weird. Did he's, you lock the door? I did not. Uh, he's, he's about to walk into the studio right now. We've been talking for 25 minutes, which means he's uh, 45 minutes late, and he's coming into that microphone right there, sir. Are y'all drunk? Uh, no. Not yet. No, no, no. But you just walked in so we can campaign for that right now. <laughs> you know? So uh, that that thing has a lift on. You don't need the headphones over. Be just, we're uh, just talking. You know, we're just... I, I, oh, it, he there, wants to look it, semi... I got to look important. You, you got to look important? <laughs> well, you better close your eyes. <laughs> so listen. Somebody break so, here. So, so, so wait a minute here. Now, it, it, you know, you, you come that, that seat lifts up there, Scott. So you could raise it up a little bit if you want to get close to the microphone you got to get up off of it again uh again there you go okay that's right uh so um so we were talking before you uh came into the room here about um 
a charcuterie? Like, what is it? So the general term is, it's the art of processing a and preserving meat with an emphasis on pork. Okay. So anything that you can do to a cut of meat that makes it last longer is essentially charcuterie. So sausages, uh, making bacon out of it is considered charcuterie. Yeah. The riettes that we did were charcuterie because they're technically preserved for yeah. a week. Yeah. That, that's the, the basis of it. Since you're here, where, where's that marker at? Uh, that uh, You want to sign the door since you're in here now? It's Will right you allow me no, to? No, well, yeah. Just spell your name right, okay? Uh, <laughs> Don't worry. It's, that's, erasable. <laughs> that's erasable. And listen, it, it, there, there isn't a hyphen, so you don't have to put the hyphen be- before the word whole. Uh, <laughs> so he's signing the door <laughs> right there, <laughs> and he spelled his name right. And he put doze on. <laughs> In case you forget where he's from. That's right. When you're staring at it later. <laughs> he put doze on the door. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we were talking, Scott, a second ago, and, and George was kind of talking through, really gave some great insight on doing a steak at home. And we were talking about kind of people have discussions about folks coming into no 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 not avoiding does what the look he gave you he, it wasn't a, see that's what I'm happened I'm glad I showed Look, up hey, <laughs> I mean, again like we said earlier it's all about having high quality ingredients the minute you can find the kind of steak I get in the restaurant in your uh, house you better call me I wish you could have seen the look on Scott's face I'm like what, what did I walk into here Sabotage. It's all sabotage. Where's the Beastie Boys? Yeah, listen, and as and as everybody who's listened to this podcast knows that it's not FCC regulated, so we have fun. You're going to hear some stuff. I don't know that Scott can rival Richard Condon because the first time Condon did my show, if I were to bleep. Every time Condon said something, it would have sounded like a medical tone. So, no, it was... It'd be the Trump or uh, <laughs> Mueller. That's right. That's right. Redacted. <laughs> Redacted. <laughs> Sir, you have only hung out with Scott on Miller Lite. We have whiskey in the room. This could get yeah, real yeah, bad. Yes, yes, this is true. <laughs> so, before we get into grilling season, and we've already talked glowingly about Doe's Eat Place, man, and George said some great things about you. He's, he, <laughs> I bet he has. Man, he lied through his teeth. He's I, <laughs> He's lying. Look, not through his teeth, but through his ass. Only, there's a reason there's only half a bottle of whiskey in front of us now. It's like, damn, y'all done got on the y'all done got on the hooch too soon. Him, George, saying nice things about you, like, man, he wasn't in the room, and he'll never hear that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so back to um, back to this being the beginning of grilling season. And again, we were talking earlier about what's on your menu. We already talked about the catfish. You missed that. That was great um what is your philosophy about steak at does like why is it different well it's the the product we get number one is it's it's second to none it's sterling silver beef it's uh it takes a high uh it's a high quality beef it takes a lot to qualify you as a rancher that beef to become sterling silver which means we're taking the top choice or better which is mostly mostly prime is what we're getting, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just the way the cattle's raised and the way it's brought through the through the uh, the slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just you know they take pride in what they do, and and they take the twelve percent of any cattle uh, that that can qualify for this program. How do they know? So uh, one of the stats I saw on it when I was talking to people at the last conference we went to is they actually have more requirements for the cows prior to slaughter 
than the USDA does to market as prime beef. Like really? From the slaughterhouse, the USDA has so many qualifications. They have more for the cow before it's even killed than the USDA has to mark something as prime beef. That's how intense this is. So you go to a doctor and you say, you know, there's something wrong with me, and you get an MRI or an mm-hmm. X-ray. Well, they're yeah. X-raying these cows when they're on yeah before they even when they're coming off the truck yeah if they're if the if the the loins turned or if it's the, the marbling in it they can tell what kind of marbling's in there uh, they can basically grade the cow without even killing it but as far as what prime or not wow and they just look at the X-rays and. Uh, I guess the, for lack of words, MRI. They use MRI. They've done X-ray. They do ultraviolet testing on it on the outside yeah. to make sure that no, at no point in time in the slaughter process, that any bacterial cultures have developed on the outside. Yeah. That may cause it to spoil during the aging process. Okay. Because they, when I tell you, they do everything they can to make sure that that beef is totally perfect. Mm-hmm. Every detail. And and that's because so when you when you are when you guys are for the lack of a better word, shopping for the kind of beef that you're going to use. Those are the criteria that you look at when you're talking to a supplier. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, we did, we've done a blind taste test with some of my great customers with other products just to see, okay. you know, cause I mean, starting silver is not cheap on my, for you know my sure. cost. Yeah. Um, but we've done a blind taste test and you know, there's been a couple that have been kind of close to it, but they don't have the, they couldn't answer the question of, uh, of consistency. Yeah. And guarantee uh, hmm. that product. So that's what keeps me with Starling Silver. We've been with them for 12 years, and you know, they've. Uh, I know every time that box shows up and it's in Sterling Silver, and I open it and I see Sterling Silver all over the beef in its, in its vac pack, I know that that's going to be perfect. Yep. Wow. Wow. And, and so the, the menu, uh, Garrett Graves had something there in 16 after the floods and everything that went on. He brought a bunch of his D.C. staff to Baton Rouge mm-hmm. and got the room at Doe's. And he wanted me to come and talk to some of his staff about Baton Rouge away from the media. Like they, he didn't want their perspective of our city to be shaped by what national and some regional and unfortunately some local media was saying about Baton Rouge. So I met with him. And the most entertaining thing was when the stakes came out. And a couple guys got porterhouses and they overshot their wad on the porterhouses because <laughs> it was more than they could than they can do. And they were talking about the taste. How often do y'all have people coming into there just because of the size of steak y'all serve? And, and, and if you're wondering, like, why, why that question? It's like, if you've never been there, you need to go there just to see. It always seems larger on the plate than it is on the menu when you do it. What's the formula behind that? So actually the formula on it is, is really simple. Um, because of the type of broilers we have, where mm-hmm. it is uh, ceramic tile heated by gas, right, means that every corner of our grill is the exact same temperature. It's all 650 degrees for the whole thing. And we cut all the steaks to an inch and three quarters thick okay. so that they're consistent thickness, meaning at no point in time is any steak cooking any faster than any other steak. Okay. So I know on my grill, it takes exactly 15 minutes to cook a steak medium rare. Doesn't matter what cut it is, doesn't matter how big it is, Mm -hmm. it's 15 minutes. So like we talked about earlier with people liking well done. Yeah. So let's say Scott and I sit down at a table and he likes a medium rare steak. Don't like well done. (laughs) 
I don't either. But, yeah, none Lots of, of people will do that, but yes. nobody in this room. Right. Yeah. No, no, nobody in this room. So let's say, for example, Scott likes it medium well, and I like it medium rare. Mm-hmm. If you go to another restaurant, they're going to take two cuts. They're going to be varying in sizes, and they're going to put them both on the grill at the same time. The obvious hot spot in the middle of it. It's going to be colder on one end, and we're going to have to dance them around, probably lose one. His is going to be take a lot longer to cook than mine. We're going to put it on a hot plate yeah. under a heat lamp until his is ready. By the time they both come out, mine's closer to medium, and his looks well done because yeah. they charred it all over the place. Yeah. The way we do it, I'll put his on 10 minutes before mine because his is going to take 25 minutes. Mine's going to take 15. Mm-hmm. So instead of going on the grill together, they come off together one of the um one of the myths that has existed for restaurants and we i was going to ask you this earlier before you know scott just came in and made this his party yeah um (laughs) is that when someone orders a well-done piece of meat now i'm going to say before i say this i don't necessarily believe that only because you would have to have lesser quality to do it but there are people who say well when somebody orders well done don't give them the best stuff because they're not going to be and i've always thought well that's kind of a hard thing to say. It's like you you would have to buy inferior quality beef just so you could sell it to someone who wants it well done. But what do you think? I'm sure you've heard myths like that before. I'm not going to say I've heard it. I've seen it, but not here with us. It's not that they're purchasing a lesser quality. So what they'll do is they'll find a piece, because unlike us, where we cut them all the same thickness, they're all right. the exact same, Right. they're cutting them to weight other places. Mm-hmm. So you'll find somewhere that eight ounce filet is more wide and not as thick okay they'll use that one for that cut because it's thinner it'll cook faster it costs me the same regardless so i mean if i take a oh wow look at this beautiful steak marbling's beautiful we're gonna save that for a medium rare no we're just gonna grab a steak we're cooking it but it's the same price the quality is the same anyway right the the whole thing so for us it doesn't matter but that's what what they're talking about it's not necessarily buying a cheaper cut of beef yeah they're gonna fish through them when they're all cut for different thicknesses and find one okay these are thinner we're gonna put these off these are gonna be for the more well cooked these thicker ones aren't gonna cook as fast so we'll save those for the rare medium rares because they're gonna they're going to cook a little slower so they can it helps them with that timing a little bit <laughs> well where that's going to cook for 10 minutes flat. g was saying earlier that he doesn't do a lot of cooking at the house because of hours and everything do you grill at home at all Mm-mm, no not really is that because you're you're we're you're, there all the time yeah i mean you know i'll just go up there and throw a steak on or have carlos my main man throw one on or george if he's on the grill i'm not, I'm not. Very seldom. I'm never at home anyway. I right. Mean, it's well, just, just re- when running a restaurant, you guys, I mean, you're always there and, and doing that. There's always yeah. something that pops up and you got to stop. I mean, your day is never. We, I've tried to have a list to follow, like a to-do, a to-do list, but it, it gets thrown away at 8.01 yeah. in the morning when I show, walk through the yeah. door. And it's just always something. You know, I remember about. Or 10 o'clock or whatever the fuck I get up. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. right. All right. So now we have officially pursed the fuck bubble. That's that's We're waiting for the first one. (laughs) Well, the first two now. Yeah. Well, now it's open. It's all out there now. I was just waiting to see which words it was going to break it first. No, no, no. Listen, I'd have won that bet. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would have won that bet. I don't know about you. I have to talk to my mother occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) I remembered about six or seven years ago I was thinking about uh, somebody asked me about investing in a restaurant right and so I was this close and I was talking to Tim Mockler and (laughs) I called him to ask him about it and Tim said 
I think I want to have you talk to a buddy of mine, Scott Overby over at Doze. <laughs> <laughs> he said, before you do that, he's like, not to discourage you, but before you do that, talk to Scott. Well, you know, what ended up happening is I, because I'm, I always do due diligence on anything like that. I discovered some things that weren't said to me up front, and that was the end of it. Because you know, a small lie <laughs> is covering probably eight or nine big lies. Right. And once you catch that little one, it's like, oh well, there's more. So I backed out, and that's the thing for y'all every day. So for people listening, and again, I promise we're going to get to grilling season. For people listening who are who have always heard about how much running, how much of a headache running a restaurant is, why? Because most people won't know what that means. I mean, I know you guys enjoy what you do. You love the people. You do a great job at those. You got to but, have the, the mentality. I mean, yeah, which I is what? love. I love meeting new people. I yeah. love making people happy. I love watching my our crew just roll it out and mm-hmm. then people walking out that door happy as can be. Right. Uh, I haven't figured out why I did it because <laughs> shit, it, I'm just, I must be crazy. Uh, no, we, hey, let's go no, back to that conversation. Well, we already know let's that. Let's go back to that no, conversation. Do you want to invest? Because we got what? We, do what? you still want to invest? <laughs> what? My phone's my phone's breaking up. I can't hear you. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so it's going to be the uh, Doe's Clay place. <laughs> see, you see, I should have locked the door. <laughs> I told you. I'm looking for to every lock angle the door. here. You didn't listen to me. <laughs> but seriously, I, it's just it's I enjoy what I do. Uh, What's the headache? It's just the hours. Oh, you know, you have your days. You have your days where, like today, is just I walk in the door and it just you throw away the sheet. You got just you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And just like in life and everything, mm-hmm. but you, you got something you want to do and then it gets pushed off and pushed off and then you got people, you got employees that want to walk out and you got employees that get. Don't be burying anybody you got to see tonight, okay? I ain't burying nobody, but you know these damn kids are snowflakes, man. They can't take it. And when you get on them, they all, oh, he yelled at me. Well, I didn't yell at you. You know when I'm yelling. George knows when I used to yell. (laughs) 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 Want to revisit that bubble again, George? (laughs) Hang on, he's pouring pouring himself up. Uh We bring it back. George George is calling his therapist. (laughs) But you know what's funny, man? That is my therapist had to charge me eventually. And that had to end. <laughs> you did you find that the, your therapist was lay, lying on the couch with a doze shirt on? <laughs> Eat at doze. He <laughs> walked in, and the guy, his therapist, had a gun to his head. <laughs> Look, when you walk in for a therapy session, the first thing he, the therapist does is walk over, grab a bottle of whiskey, and you both have to start drinking to make it through the session. That's, that's, that's no longer a therapist. That's a drinking buddy. That's, that's a drinking you got to find somebody new. Well, you know, it's 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 funny because like you you were talking about earlier with people coming in and everything going on I mean I've been there for lunch I've been there for dinner I remember one Friday I had nothing going on and I came over there and that's one of the things about those that I enjoy is I came over and Scott was there and I texted him and we ended up sitting at the bar and I I had a steak and we're sitting and when you watch people in there it is and one of those environments that you go into where you can actually relax Mm -hmm. there is no pretension and I think that's the thing that the South does better than almost any place else in the country is that you can go into a lot of places and people remember you and they just sit and laugh and cut up. And for y'all, it's interesting because in the part of Baton Rouge that you guys are in, y'all have been there longer than a lot of the places that have popped up around y'all. So you know, there is no secret to hard work. It's just hard work. But what are y'all doing? So I, I will say, <clears throat> yeah. 
Shrugs. I don't know. This ain't television, okay, guys? No, I'm laughing. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think what we've done. Action notes around. Action notes. Shrug shoulders. Raise hands. No, really. So. One of the things I saw a long time ago, I think it was 2007, there was an article in the Zagat Guide when they were doing all of ratings of why people go to restaurants. They did a huge survey, and the top four reasons were recognition, mm-hmm. people knowing you when you walk in the door and mm-hmm. recognize that you're back, atmosphere, is it really dark, is it family friendly, what is it, location, and then good food. Everybody expects to have good food at this point, especially in South Louisiana when they go eat. If the mm-hmm. food's not good, they're never coming back again. Right. But the other three, somehow we managed to hit. Somebody right failed in that location, in that building before. Mm-hmm. And y'all have been there in that building how long now? Uh, September will be 12 years. 12 years. 12 years. And again, most people who haven't been around here won't remember that it was that building was something else. And I still you. tell them, uh, we're the old Chicago's building. <laughs> That's it, the old Chicago's. And I actually went to that place and I never saw, but the vibe was different. I guess it's because it was, of the personality. It was a more fine dining. Yeah. You know, we're, we're casual. You come in in shorts. But people around here. We don't matter. We listen, make you feel comfortable. You get everything from law enforcement guys to elected officials coming in there all the time because they can relax. Right. You know, a, a good friend of all of ours here, the D in town who is a hell of a man uh, he's in there all the time you know I'm pretty sure he's mooching meals when he's in there I'm but he's sure. yeah he's in there <laughs> yeah really <laughs> I've never you... seen him in there by himself <laughs> you know what that's exactly right you know he goes like Ray Charles when the check comes he can't see it that's so it. so let's talk about grilling season with you guys now and uh, by the way do you want you need a glass no I'm good right now you sure mm-hmm. don't no do you not know the rule at this point in time I've already had 12 beers. He gets Miller Lite. If you give him anything other than Miller Lite, you are responsible for him for the rest of the day. What are we doing the rest of the day? Give me that whiskey. I saw saw him gurgling cab about a week ago at the place. I said, that cup was the size of the Stanley Cup he was was drinking out of the other day. Whoever handed him a glass of wine was responsible for all of his actions for the rest of the day. (laughs) Listen, he kept us entertained on that end of the table. That was the best thing. We We laughed and joked down there. So, okay, guys, grilling season. This is a time of the year where people are celebrating their kids graduating from high school and college and they're having a lot of stuff at the house and lots of people are outside now this time of the year and i'm sure your fridays now that lent is over are are different and better because people are coming so if you're advising somebody who who has an outdoor kitchen or just a pit outside and you're saying you're going to grill here's what your recommendation should be or or is what would you tell them if they're not going to come and eat at those by the way but what would you tell them Come buy the meat it does. <laughs> Can one do that? Uh, I mean, we've talked about it. You know, we've kind of talked about it here and there. Really? Who's yeah. Somebody's phone vibrating That's on me. the table here. I mean, could you act like you've been on a ra- uh, recording radio style show before? Yeah, Turn go. your phone Ignore. off. Ignore. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, <laughs> just what do you do? Hey, you I mean, hey. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out. How do you put up with? Are we gonna talk about grilling, or y'all just gonna talk about me? You put up with him every day. How do you do that? Put up with is a very, very loose term. Really, just come in. He comes. (laughs) Okay, welcome back to the Scott Overby Doe Show. We got a couple clowns in here, and uh, you know, let's talk about clown school. (laughs) Hey, me. Balloons are in the car, man. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what that was? Balloons? Yeah. Oh, no. Actually, I actually have balloons in the car. Why is one of them wearing lipstick? Yeah, look, man, sometimes they need entertainment. Oh, that was mine. 
Yeah, that was his. <laughs> Again, babysitting. I had to transfer it from his house back to the restaurant. Back to, the house. <laughs> back to my original question about grilling at the house. What would you tell someone? Oh, that is such an open question. It is, but oh. but it's on purpose because people Wait. have people have di- because not everybody's going to grill a steak. Some people want to do ribs. Some people want to do chicken. Rib, right? All sure. That. Yeah. All God, right, so Scott. All right, so let's break this down. Let's we're going to do this in multi categories. Okay. Grilling versus barbecue. Okay. What are we doing? You pick. Ooh. Yes. Because so these are two completely yes. different things. So let's start with grilling. Grilling. So we're talking high heat over over grate. So let's talk propane versus uh, charcoal. So for grilling, which mm-hmm. takes a short amount of time, that's right. I recommend charcoal. Right. Uh, because really, yeah. All right. So so bear with me. So charcoal will produce a lot more heat, yeah. a lot more consistently okay. for a short period of time. Because when you're grilling, you're only talking about 15 to 20 minutes on the grill total. Yeah. Yeah. If you're cooking anything more than that, you're burning it. Um, when it comes to barbecue, uh, especially low and slow yeah. type things like pulled pork, yeah. I lean towards the propane because once you get it going, you smoke whatever you do, you can start with charcoal to smoke it. But to keep that long temperature at low, mm-hmm. that propane works so much better because you can right. put it on one burner on the far end and put it on the other end right. and get your temp better. Right. So that's where I stand on it. I'm charcoal all the way for grilling, burgers, grilled salmon, steaks on the grill, charcoal pizza. Mm-hmm. You can do pizza on your yeah. grill, which is always fun. Right. But I'm charcoal all the way on that. Huh. If you're going to do any long term, if you don't have a smoker already. Yeah. Go propane because you can still put wood chips on it yep. and everything else, but you can you can do it a lower temp and not have to sit there and babysit it the whole time. Once you get it set, it just goes. Okay. And if you're in a hurry, crank up the gas grill and be done with it. Yeah. You know, when when what are some don'ts that you would tell people if, if they're gonna grill at the house? Don'ts? Yeah. Things Don't, that you should you should avoid. Don't keep lifting the lid. Leave it yeah. shut. Oh, Leave the lid down. Okay. I mean, you know, check it. Like we do at the restaurant, we flip on the five, five minutes. Check it every five, six minutes, uh, okay. depending on how hot your grill is. Because you're letting the heat if out every time you're 600 degree grill when the lid's shut, it's just, that's basically like cooking on our one of our broilers, except you're getting bottom heat instead of radiant top heat. Yeah. Uh, don't flip the meat a hundred times. Really? Just let yeah. it sit. Let it sit, cook on, and that's why you cook it See, every See, I always minutes. thought that was different three on- Three flip rule. So, three flip rule. That's it. Wow. Okay. You know, because I was you know, I, before I even got in the restaurant business, I was I'd be on the grill like, oh look at me, I'm grilling, I'm flipping yeah. meat. And yeah, I don't know, you, <laughs> it just doesn't work. I mean, you you don't. Why do you the, don't, why do you not do that? Well, you won't get the consistency. You'll get it. You'll overcook it most most times. Huh. Uh, you won't get the char that you might want on it because you're just flipping. Are you it. talking propane or charcoal? Either, anything, either, either one. Really, you should yeah. never flip anything more than three times. Honestly, you should never flip it more than once. If you're really good at it, one should be enough. But for most at-home wow. people, three. Because what happens is the, the way cooking works is you're slowly heating up the water with inside the proteins or starches you're cooking and pushing them away from the heat. And then as you do that, all the muscle fibers will tense up. So what happens is the reason you flip it is because you want to recenter that moisture. But you need to have time for that moisture to move away from the edge you're cooking and start to build caramelization and and actually build that Dude, crust. I'm 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 going to admit I'm the 
worst offender when it comes to that. I didn't know that because I would do that all the time thinking that uh, I'm transferring you know, like juices or whatever in the in the thing. Uh, don't be looking. That, that, hey, look, y'all talk about me. My phone going off. I don't know if anybody heard that. At this point in time, I just feel unpopular. <laughs> I'm just saying, you break in the middle of a statement I was making about flipping meat to talk about your phone vibrating over there. So, 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 so uh, I always thought that you're transferring the juices, and so, so that- you are to a point. Okay, but when you're when you're talking about smaller cuts or burgers, yes, the juices are moving from bottom to top. But if you flip it too often. All you've done is taken the juices from the bottom, push them to the top, and then you're drying them out because as soon as you flip it. So you're saying it's, but you, I, I, the three flip will rule, but you're saying doing it too often, do like it. constantly. Well, I, I don't really do that, but what about on like salmon? So, you know, Maxwell's Market is is, is here close to where my office is, and when I'm, I'll go and get a piece of fish there because they have all kinds, and just like going to Whole Foods or Fresh Market, whatever. And what is your philosophy about grilling fish? Um, um, because people here in you know, this South Louisiana, salmon, drum, redfish, something like that. You have any any thoughts or advice for people who do that? Definitely skin on. Yeah, yeah, yes. absolutely. Because it protects the fish, it keeps it together. You would want to do skin side down to start. Yeah. Because again, it's going to hold that. That's the side you're going to want to see anyway. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of oil or, on Or it. you put it on a cedar plank. Yeah, or you're going to do it I was going to ask plank. about that. <clears throat> so Most I, people think about that just for like salmon, but you, that's not just a salmon no, thing. No, you can do it on the redfish. You yeah. can do it with any fish. So when you're, when you're cedar planking it, you're less grilling it and more steaming it on the cedar. Okay. Because <clears throat> you're going to have to soak that in water so you don't burn it up anyway. Mm-hmm. And what happens is when you do that, the same thing like with your burgers, you're slowly cooking all the moisture out of that cedar right. up through it and it steams out around the outside. So you're almost steaming it with cedar on top of it. Yeah, it's technically grilling it, but that's what you're doing. When you're doing it directly on the grill, a little bit of oil and salt and pepper on the skin side as well yeah. as the top will help the meat, the heat transfer in, but then the skin will help hold it together. And you shouldn't have to flip that at all because they cook so fast. As soon as you put it on, you hear it sear a bit, you close the lid five minutes, especially at 500, 600 degrees, it should be completely cooked. Well, depending on the, the thickness, yeah. of course. But yeah, there's certain fishes that are fish that you don't want to cook on the grill. Uh, you want like sea bass is a good one. Grouper, right. just the good thick. You know, the, uh, you want a firm, like a steaky type fish. Do you know tuna? Is I good. was deep, deep into my 30s before I heard about grouper. Really? Truth. Yeah, you know, Baton Rouge is really not a lot of grouper. That's the thing. Uh, I was in Florida. Florida, uh, big grouper. Yeah. New Orleans, even, there's a lot of grouper. Well, I've never, uh, never experienced it but there. But Baton Rouge, there's not a lot of grouper. We tried it. Like, why grouper. is that? I don't know. Because people, in, in from what I have gathered, is people in South Louisiana tend to lean towards the fish that they can go get themselves. Trout, oh, trout redfish, We have drum. so much good seafood around us. No question. you can't get grouper. You don't catch yeah. grouper out here. I mean, the last it's coming from somewhere else. 10, so 15 people, years, if I see it, I'll get it. And the funny thing is where I was in Florida, they had fried it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this is, it's clean tasting. It's like, this is a really clean catfish. And then talking to the waitress, like, ah, it's actually not catfish. It's grouper. Like, what the hell's grouper? And then you learn about it. Um, so a, a couple of other questions here, like pairings, right? So let's talk about that. Okay. If someone's at the, Brian Dykes, <clears throat> you know, Scott, our buddy mm-hmm. over at Ben yeah, 77. Yeah. Brian came in here couple of years ago uh, and talked about 
you know, pairings and, and foods. I mean, obviously he's not a chef, but you know, so if someone is having a steak on the grill, I typically go big cab. All right. What, but what's your recommendation if someone's having a steak? What's, what's a pairing that makes it fit? Again, it's depending on the person, but you know, we like to, to sell the cabs. Uh, in the restaurant, we sell more cabs. At home, uh, I'm a big Syrah or Ganesh guy. Uh, not quite as many tannins in it, yeah, but still pretty decent acid. Still big, robust, because uh, they're going to pair up with that meat a lot better. What about fish? Flaky versus something that's rich, like, say, a, a, a Chilean sea bass? Uh, Chilean sea bass? Uh, hmm. If you're going to do it on the grill, I would, I would honestly Paul probably Alpino. go... If you're going to do red, Pinot works. Noir or Grigio? Noir, Pinot Noir? Noir. Grigio works too. Uh, not as well as like a super, super oaky Chardonnay, not on the buttery side. Or, uh, yeah, I've, I've always been fans of Gorschemeners with uh, fish, grilled fish. What about, <laughs> okay, chicken, grilled, not barbecued. Uh, what kind of seasoning are you going to put on it? Just Well, you know, around here, people are big on garlic, salt, pepper, or maybe they'll get lazy and just throw some Tonys all over it. Sav Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc. Really? Why? I like the, the acid level on it. Okay. Because down here in the South, we like a lot of butter. And <laughs> <laughs> you that's the other Figure that out, right? Uh, <laughs> you know what Dyke said about crawfish? He said, and I think it's brilliant. And so I, I'm allergic to shellfish. So I had to ask, mm-hmm. give it to someone. And, you know, and he said with crawfish, have it with a rosé. Hmm. And he said the, the carbon, the, you know, it's car, the, the carbonization, the cold and sweetness, you know, it pairs with so the with spice the, and so spice. I will take that and take it one step further. All right. So rosés are good, but rosés come in very, very different styles. Um, I have one at the restaurant. Depending on the so, what makes a rosé different from a red or a white is the fact that they leave some of the skins on the grape variety. Right. So it's not its own varietal. So mm-hmm. I have one at the restaurant we carry that tends to be on the sweet side, and mm-hmm. it's made with more white grape. So you're looking at a little bit more Chardonnay, a little bit more Moscato, a little bit more Riesling in it. And it tends to be a little bit sweeter, and that's what people think of when they think rosé. And it's not sparkling. It's flat. Still. Why, why is it, I'm, I did interrupt you. What is the uh, the point of grape being on? Like there's a there's the some skin on? Yeah. So the skin the, being, being the on, yeah. tannins in it and the bitterness. So yeah. you, ever, you ever drink red wine, and all of a sudden you can feel... Your tongue sticking to your back of your teeth because your whole yeah. mouth dries out. That yeah. real stringent yeah. texture that is tannins. Okay. Um, yeah. So that it's people tend to confuse it with dryness. Yeah. So dryness is just how much sugar is actually in the wine right. versus not in the wine. Right. So you have sweet to dry, and then you have tannins, which are that that astringent value, how tacky it makes it in your mouth. But people talk about when you when you pour it, if it's in a decanter or if you got it in a glass and you're you are rolling it around in the glass to kind of loosen some of the talons to let let it oxygenate and, and that whole thing that that does. And, and it is it, it's a thing. But, you know, back to that, when you when you're talking about the rosé and, and how that works, are there anything or, or are there any foods that you would say if you're going to have a rosé? Because lots of people like them, especially ladies. What would you pair with it? So. 
to go back to what I was saying, rosé is just a middle category. Okay. It's not all white grapes where there's very few tannins involved at all. It's not reds where there's all the tannins. It's this little nice middle ground. But yeah. And depending on the grape variety, it can be very sweet or it can be more robust. So, I, again, I have one at the restaurant, which is a lot of ganache, a lot of Syrah, mm-hmm. and it's pretty bold, even yeah. though it's this pretty pink color and yeah. still flat. Yeah. It actually stands up to our steaks really well. Well, so that's the thing. If you, because if you're in those, you're like you. You guys make a great old fashioned, which is great. And I, you know, but a big red with a steak is great. But you have. Let's talk about the. Does it matter the cut of beef, uh, the size, whether it's a fillet or a ribeye or whatever? When you're talking about the pairing, yes, actually. Okay. Uh, so fattier. See, Scott said no, but you know, finer palates. Um, <laughs> the man drinks Miller Light. We were just discussing this a minute ago. Um, when you when you are talking fattier cuts versus leaner cuts, you want something in a fattier cut that's going to have a lot more acid to it. You want something that's going to have more tannins, because what that's going to do is that astringent factor and the acids are going to break up the fats on your palate. Okay. So we we've all eaten buttercream at some point in time, icing. Mm-hmm. That that high fat in it will coat your palate, and then you can't taste the cake underneath it. Similar things happen when you eat steak if you have a really really fatty cut prime rib ribeye that fat is slowly going to build up on your palate and it's going to start deadening out flavors picking a wine that's really high in acid really high in tannin is designed to break up the fat on your palate which means it's one of the few things you're going to taste past it but then it's going to make the next bite of steak better because now you're not continuously putting a coating of oil on it over and over and over again but if you're going to do something a little bit lighter like a filet that doesn't have a lot of fat on it you can actually pick an at a wine that doesn't have as many tannins or as many as much acid so a really robust cab is good for a filet I actually, like I said earlier, I prefer a ganache or a uh-huh. Syrah for a ribeye because they are higher acid, they are higher tannin, and so they actually combat that fat a little bit better. There's really nothing, Scott, you could say to combat what he just laid out there right there. I mean, as good perfect. as that was, that was great. That was good. That was great. That was really good. Now, if he would just bring that to the job every day. <laughs> <laughs> I bring, I lay on table. <laughs> No, stop table it. George, stop that right now. Stop it right now. We don't want to see you laying on tables. Table gets flipped. We're not doing that. Okay. Here, let's try this again. No. <laughs> I knew he had something low down and dirty to say. He had that look on his face. He was going to throw something at you there. You know, it's it always amazes me the similarities between wine and the way wine is constructed and, say, cigars. Mm-hmm. Because I was talking to Brian about this, that the flavor of a cigar for people who are who are enthusiasts or whatever depends greatly on the dirt where where it because the flavor is different depending on what country it's in. The strength of it is actually based on the the part of the plant that the sun has has touched. Access to yeah, the the a tobacco plant is there there are three three levels of a tobacco plant the top is lijero the strongest uh part of the tobacco because it's been in the sun Mm -hmm. the longest uh there is seco which is in the middle and then viso the the part of the plant that's at the bottom lijero seco viso a a lijero cigar is going to be strong it's going to be darker it'll be in a maduro the Mm -hmm. dark wrapper cigar yep and when they are kept in 
the in the fermentation process, most of the nicotine, I don't think people really know this in cigars, most of the nicotine is aged out. Yes. Unlike cigarettes where the, the nicotine is reinfused after the fermentation process, which is why they filter a cigarette and they don't filter cigars. When you find a cigar that's got a, a wood tip on the end of it, it's because somebody's it put the nicotine, nicotine back, back in. into it. And when Brian was talking to me about wine and the grapes and like you said the skin being on versus off and then the color and the aging and all of that it's so similar and you know when Scott was talking earlier about the beef and the process that goes into you know what what cow makes the cut to be in the top premium level of beef that Doe's is going to buy or some other place I think that the that part of what we buy when we walk into a restaurant is is lost on us because you never think about it. So, and I said all of that to, to lead to this question. What is your standard of, of either excellence or acceptability when you are looking at something to put on your menu, uh, either as a food or as a beverage? Because I know you guys have a system. What, what, what is it? Well, it let's, oh, let's as much back. as you can tell us. Well, let's go back to, you know, you look at your, your fine bourbons, your fine wines. What are they? They're aged. Your cigars, they're aged. Mm-hmm. Go back to the beef. You're, yeah. When you're selecting your beef, select the number one. Yeah, get a good purveyor. Just like you know, with a good bourbon, you know, uh, then you let it age. Mm-hmm. So it's the aging process that really breaks it down. And just like in anything that's good and tastes great, is you know the aging. The more aging you get on it, is what makes the flavor and what makes the, the beef just kind of it'll what build it up, break the the molecular. Tissues down, and then it's just Scott said molecular, pretty damn good. Wasn't it? <laughs> I had to fucking look it up before I got here. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say, dude, that's a walk off. Scott over me said molecular. So the the part that my world re- will never be the same oh, wait. again. Oh, the part that really makes I don't know what website you looked it up on on the way in, but they were wrong. Oh wow, what are you talking about? You're gonna bury him? He said molecular. Oh, look, it, I am in proud context, that he right? Say, it I was in proud context. that he can say a three syllable word. But what, what, what? A three syllable word? Okay, yeah, there you go. But it's it's the when you're aging, it's <laughs> all Scott's about. Face. Oh yeah, it's it's breaking down the connective tissue in it. He went too small. Connected, go molecular, big. same thing. Too small. He went too small. Oh, yeah. They're yeah exactly we're talking to everyday people, not idiots like George. I love this. So this leads me to my next question. Both type A personalities. <laughs> yeah, we butt heads. Yep. All the time. Really? All the time. And, but y'all There's make, a reason we're on opposite sides of the room. But y'all make But we it, make it happen. That's So that's the thing I want to talk about because I think it's important for people in business, regardless of what the genre of business is, that dynamic of even though you argue, it you don't get it. keeps us in check. I mean, they keep us in check. Uh, Definitely I get the staff. You know, I get really uh, uh, impatient and uh, stressed real easy. I mean, you know, when it's when there's everything on the line, and and George will. And George is my punching bag. I'll go to him and I'll just start, you know, I'll just get on him. I'll start, damn, George. And then George fires back at me and he goes, now then, now we got it out of our system. Let's sit down and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first few years, it, I didn't. I was, I was, shit, I was an asshole. Because uh, I, just, I, I just had all that stress on my back. I had, and, and, and I didn't know if I was going to make it or not. There was, mm-hmm. It was lean years. 
uh, we've hit year five or six and uh, together started, together. Yeah. George's been with me from day one. He's yeah. the second person I hired, which he probably should have been the first one because the first one I hired was. Uh, <laughs> I've I've been with the company for eleven years, seven months. Wait, get the time days and. <laughs> 50 of the longest years of your life, right? <laughs> but no, that's the way it works, though. You know, people yeah. people love, uh, love George. They love me. They come yeah. in. But the way we work together, it's just... Uh, I, I will say on our, on our working relationship, it's more of a... We may be both type A personalities, yeah. but our fuse levels are exact opposites. Well, so, he's got a shorter fuse for sure. Uh, he is a reactionary type person. Yeah. Which means the minute anything happens, what, what is going on? We need to, we need to fix this right now. And I'm like, okay, whoa, I'm the exact opposite. I'm a taking all the information process solve. And my fuse is much, much longer. It takes a long time for me to get to a point of blowing up because I know it doesn't work in the scenario. I, I need to solve the issue. Mm-hmm. When we run into issues between us is more of a, when we start to see a lot of when little we hit things, each other. Yeah. When we start to see a lot of little things build up <laughs> and his fuse goes off several times and then he's again, he he can come beat up on me all, all he wants. I don't care. I'll, I'm going to solve the problem and move on at some point in time. It's like, okay, now you're just in the way. Move. <laughs> Y'all are like brothers. I mean, but, but that's the thing. Go sit in the bar, drink a beer and leave me alone. <laughs> but, but I think, but the thing is, it's important for people to realize that that mixture of friction oh, often helps you have oh, success. Yeah. Um, and and now it seems as though so many want it to never be friction, never to be rocky road, never to be. And that's just not a real place. No, no. I don't know that world. I, I don't know that. I don't know that anyone that I know in any business who have, and I've got some friends who've got businesses all over, and there's always that dynamic. And so I think it's okay because you guys remember, and and I here's how you know you could remember. Like we're friends, so we talk about this stuff. But the average person walking into Dozy Place and having a meal, they don't know. They don't know. They they would, yeah. and that's how you know it's working because the food's always right. You know, you're not waiting forever to get it. And it's consistent, which is the thing you pay for now more than you ever yeah, used to right. is consistency. Well, and, you know, let's go back to consistency. You know, we get, we use great products. Anything mm-hmm. we have is 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 outstanding product. We right. don't buy can right. or box item. We hand, you know, homemade, make everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the consistency part is, too, we have the same people that work for us. Right. Whether front of the house... Back of the house, we have a little bit more turnover. But my grill guy, Carlos, he's been with me. How long has he been with us, George? Eight, uh, nine years? At this point, nine and a half years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he knows how to cook a steak. And yeah. he knows how. And he doesn't get the he doesn't get under any kind of pressure. He mm-hmm. just he just goes and does it. Uh, but it, but that passion, but just, I, would, I would have to imagine, is because you guys are trying to stick the landing every day. Right. And that really is what it's about. Because, I mean, you, you're pretty laid back. You come in, and I've been in with you and, and see you when I walk in. If I bring people there from on that side of town, or if I'm meeting people there, and normally I see you sitting at that table when you walk in. People know that you're there, and you'll say hello and go back to what you're doing. George will come out to say hello. But people don't know how the, how the cog is mounted and what makes it turn, and I think that's important. Something else, Scott, you talked about the people in your place. So Scott's been out, George a few times now when we go into the community and 
we're trying to do something to bridge this gap between law enforcement and these poorer communities. And you've had some of the kids who work for you come out there as well. And you've also been involved with a bunch of causes you guys have in the city. People come into those. Why is that important to y'all? You know, I want to get back to this community. I love Baton Rouge. Uh, I love the people of Baton Rouge. And uh, I'm in a position where, you know, I don't give a lot back. But you know, if whatever I can, I try. Can. Either, even if it's just my time, mm-hmm. uh, I want to be involved with the community. I want it to be – I love living here, and I want it to be the best that it can be. And right. uh, I want – I don't know. I mean, it, it's – Harmony, I don't know, Kumbaya, I don't know. It's just, I love it. Just better than it's been. Yeah. And uh, so I like to give back as much as I can, you know, different charities. Uh, The community uh, canvassing is one of my favorites, which we're doing Monday. Right. As we Uh, record this, we're going back out to... to a part of Baton Rouge for people listening in other places. It's out by LSU. It's called Old South Baton Rouge. And this will be our second time going out there. Right. And one of the things is we started this two and a half years ago. Right. And we went out and in a part of Baton Rouge for people not here called uh, it, it's East Brookstown. It's we refer to parts of this city as like kind of like California by zip code. And, and it's 70805. And the people came out and the first couple of times people were like, OK, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, here? What's going on? But the more and more they see us coming to different neighborhoods. Now, when we show up, it's like a thing. They come yeah. out, they got the phones going up and, you know, I guess FaceTiming it or whatever the hell and people are glad and and how many times have you heard people say thank you oh it's unbelievable and the and the, the children are just oh man you want to talk about tugging on your heartstrings they're throwing footballs basketballs whatever yeah. with the police officers that yeah. walk with us yeah uh, yeah it just makes their day they're getting a we went out with snow cones the other day and they're like <laughs> It's like you would have thought you gave them a, a bucket of gold yeah. or something. I'm like, yeah. you know, it, it, it tugs real. Remember the kid you talked about who came to get food and and that whole thing almost had gotten tears. Oh, they did have me in tears. It was yeah. uh, the second the starring lane. Yeah, back by yeah, the starring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was his birthday. He has tear ducts. Yeah, he, he does. Well, yeah, yeah, it was it was something. It go this, tell okay, a story. This, this was uh, the kid, the young man. I guess it was a young man because he was early teens, maybe maybe early teens. Yeah. Uh, he came up, had a couple. We were giving out uh, food, little there. cheeseburgers. Yeah, then yeah. that day, he had two cheeseburgers, uh, some kind of little drink, little uh, Capri Sun drink, yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. He goes, "This is the best birthday I ever had." Yeah, I'm like, I stopped what I was doing, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm like, you know, that's that. I mean, that's just it is insane. You know that he just said that, and yeah. I made him repeat it. Like, what's that? He goes, "Yeah, this is." This is great. I'm like, well, happy birthday, young man. Yeah. And I didn't let him see me, but I turned around. And I, <laughs> I think I can't went and grabbed Clay. I was like, Clay, holy yeah, cow! Yeah, you know this. Yeah. This is this is for real. Yeah. You know these yeah. kids. You know, and you know the thing about it's, we, a, it's a whole different. It's it's most people in the town don't get to see that, and I don't mean that as as an insult. It's people going about living their lives. And so people are focused on their homes, their lives, their thing. And you don't judge people for saying, hey, I'm over here doing my thing. I'm not thinking about that over there. It's not that it doesn't matter, but I'm over here. Right. So we go out and do it. And the crowd is pretty diverse. It's business people. It's police officers. It's a couple clergy guys. It's white, black, male, female. And when you go, I don't know what people would think, but they are always accommodating. Right. You know, and Chief LaDuff never meets a friend. Everybody loves that man when he's out there with us. And same goes with Sid, you know. Sid. Love, and so it's it's good. But the thing is, we don't hand out checks. Nobody's giving out five, 
$5 bills. No. You know? And, just, you know, patting somebody on the back, hugging someone. They're just glad to see child us. child up, you know? And, and, you know, people ask me, I've had people ask me when we first started doing it, Scotty was like, oh, what's the catch? What are y'all doing? It's like, nah, well, pretty much what you see is what we're doing. That's we show up on doing. a Monday and yeah. that's it. When are you going to come out there with us, George? Probably this one. Uh-oh. We're doing it, what, what is it, the 20th, right? Yeah, that Monday, the 20th? Uh, as we record this, that's in about four days, so you're going you're gonna to show up. Good. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I've got it's a restaurant it. that morning, then that, and then bar fight that night, and it'll be a full What's day. What's bar fight? Oh, uh, we'll get into that another time. Okay, that, yeah. that, that'll be the part two. So, I, we, because I've been doing this a long time, I knew I was going to circle back to this, because somebody's thinking, what, what were they talking about early on before Scott came and interrupted the whole thing? So, uh, Tim, <laughs> Templeton Rye, uh, and you will see posted across the social media platforms pictures of this. It's Templeton Rye, and the words under Templeton Rye are the good stuff. <laughs> Tell me about Templeton Rye, and and since we've been doing this, and you know George is a real pro, as am I, and uh, Scott's in the room too, and, uh, <laughs> and we, these little jabs, these little jabs, hand him the bottle. <laughs> these little he, he's about to dump the bottle. Yeah. Uh, we've been enjoying this, and so before you get into that, let me let me throw this at you. Uh, it's it's got it's it's good on the nose, isn't it? That's very good so, on the nose. And so one of the things that George does, if you are someone he likes, uh, when you are in those, is and 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 listen, that's a real thing. If you're someone he likes, um, he will tell you about something that he has gotten that you may not have heard of, and like this, like this is new, like we've not talked about that You've before. Never seen this. I have not. So, right. and I mean, when you come and bring me something, I'm not going to pretend. It's like, you know, oh, yeah, I had it all. Got some at the... No, I'm that guy. Like, no, I don't know what that is. So, before you get to this, let's talk about the concept of sipping scotch and or bourbon and why, if you're, you're having it to enjoy it because of where you are, uh, what's your philosophy on that? So, before we even get there, make this even nerdier, I brought cigars... And I brought the whiskey because of the cigars I brought, because that's how bad I am as a human being. I made sure that everything worked together. That, why, why is that bad? <laughs> I'm meticulous. We're not talking it's... about Scott. What? Templeton Rye. I, uh, Uncle Al's favorite whiskey was the good stuff. I love Uncle Al. <laughs> Says it right here on the bottle. Is he reading the back of the bottle yes. right now? Ah. Yes, he is. Is that really happening? Yeah. That really what, happened. What do you do every day when y'all are in that building and... and he hides as he drinks from his glass. So, so, so let's go back to that. You talking about pairing and when you bring people something, you tell them to try it. Cause you always have a story when you, when you bring something and say, Hey, try this and the backstory on it. Where does that come from? I have always been a person who believes that a good story for lack of better term can sell anything. Absolutely. Um, because it's not necessarily what's in the glass. It's not always what's rolled up in the tobacco. It's sure. not always what's on the plate. It's why it's there. Right. If you want, um, to, if you want to get drunk, you can drink rot gut, some foolishness yeah. out there. Oh, Most people I know who are I enjoying this really stuff. I have some really terrible booze in the back of my car at this point. If we want to get rot gut, we can go terrible. But that's not the point. I'll pass. Thank you. Yeah, that's but, not the point okay. of it. The point of it is to enjoy all of it. And sometimes enjoying it is knowing how and why it ended up in your glass. So with the Templeton. So it's been around since Prohibition. So, the government's telling you you can't drink anymore. It's 
during the middle of the depression so there aren't any jobs and we're talking about farmers so a group of guys got together got their rye crop together and made whiskey and for lack of a better term gave it away and or sold it under you know inconspicuous terms and <laughs> the elixir yeah they they they, they <laughs> the fix all <laughs> yeah they they moved it and people loved it and it was a good high quality thing and they continued to make it and one of the fun stories about it is whenever they would make a batch the way that they would show that a new batch was ready is uncle al which is actually the guy who the original creator would tie a white mare out on the fence post at the front of the house and he's not talking about a white man who's a mayor of a town okay correct depends on what part of town you're in um You said it's a podcast. It is a podcast. <laughs> Here we go. Listen, listen, listen. It wouldn't be over be elected as mayor of some town. No, no that would never happen. Too, <laughs> Too many skeletons. Too many skeletons? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Understatement of century. No doubt about it. But no, he would he would tie a white horse to the front of the of the fence. Everybody yeah. knew that it was ready and yeah. people would just come and visit. Sure. And, and that's how we moved it. And eventually, you know, they, they had one batch ever stolen from them moving it. And the minute that it happened, they went and bought a brand new V8 Ford that had just come off. Because okay. that was their way of, of getting it around. Eventually, they got to be big enough that they signed up with a guy to do most of their distribution, even though it was still illegal. And nobody messed with them anymore. Because Al Capone was the one who was actually putting Templeton yes. Rye around so he, the country. He, so he referenced that earlier, and I, I laid out and let you get to that point of the story because I wanted you to build to yeah. it organically. Al Capone. Yeah. Mr. Chicago. Yeah. St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Got Templeton Rye from San Diego to New York City down to Miami years and years and years ago there's actually still rumor that he had his own barrel of templeton rye at alcatraz when he was there wow (laughs) so who owns it now who who distributes it now oh so the family still owns it so whose family the the original al's i I think of the guy's last name but al's son actually still owns it and he's a very nice old man at this point and his son owns it with him and they still produce it so why isn't that, is that... Um, this is the four-year, they also do a six. So that's a four-year. I've never seen it around town before. It's it's one of those things. It's not um, It's not as well-known, but it's still there. It's still around. It's the smoothest rye you'll oh, ever man. have. Um, here we are drinking it without ice, which it doesn't need. Well, we're grown, oh, man. A splash of water in it, though? Yeah. You want to talk about... Well, it opens it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, right now it's it's very grassy. Yeah. It's a little earthy, and then you add that splash of water to it, you're gonna get all the toffee, a little the caramel, caramel on the back. Yeah, of, yeah. yeah. There, see, there you go. That see. toffee's in it. It's really yeah. nice. Oh yeah, no, it's it's a great rye. What's your favorite bourbon? Uh, for cocktails or to drink? George, George. Okay, I love that. <laughs> so, uh, if if you're having just having it neat or with the little branch, up uh, little water. Uh, with it, what would it be? Um, actually, right now, uh, it would probably be Amador. Amador, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm familiar. Scotch? I think Are I you a Scotch? You yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lagavulin 8 here. 
all day. What? Lagavulin 8 all day. Never heard of it. I knew I should have brought that instead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't lie to you, dude. So when it comes to stuff like that and you'll come out and ask me. Note it's yourself. Like, <laughs> so ironically, Lagavulin 8 is the one they did the Game of Thrones bottle with. I've never seen that either. I've got. Some- I hear it's half a porno. Game of Thrones? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not that bad. I wouldn't go that far. No. Early it's on, not, it was I've more that. that, but it just it, it kind of phased out more. So there wasn't a scene with a brother and sister having a... Okay, so like well, I yeah, said... yeah, there's that. Yeah. But that's, the, that's normal you, in Alabama. You did this. We will allow that. Maybe Arkansas, too. <laughs> okay, now you're going too far. <laughs> he did live there for 10 years. He does oh, have- maybe... <laughs> I don't have any siblings <laughs> <laughs> that he claims. Isn't that how it always goes? Though? <laughs> That's right. So, if you live in Arkansas, Mississippi, so, you don't have. Siblings. I'm sorry to make you chase that rabbit on Game of Thrones, but but uh, you, you, so so it, what was it again? The Scotch? It was Lagavulin Eight Year. Yeah, super super smoky, really really iodine. Like Petey, it is. So you, it's peaty. No, it's, it's not, not even really smoky, peaty. but not peaty. Oh yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll be. I'll find a reason to get the dose here uh, mm-hmm. in short order. I may have drank two bottles of Game of Thrones, House Lannister, Lagavulin by myself. Oh, they've got a signature. Uh, so Diageo did a whole thing, being the last season of Game of Thrones. They got you. Got to understand, I'm not. I'm not familiar with any of the I names. That's why okay. I'm, I'm getting okay. So Diageo is one of the big importers and distributors of spirits in general. Okay, they're the ones who bring Crown Royal into the U.S. Yeah. they're the ones who bring in Captain Morgan. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, they also bring in a ton of scotches. Okay. And they got most of their scotch houses together and made a Game of Thrones series, a special branding. So they actually took each one and made them, based on where they are in Scotland, a little yeah. bit fit the different houses of Game of Thrones. So House Lannister happens to be the Lagavulin, um, which is, again, my favorite. But... They all kind of fit the criteria of their house along with the scotch. Which is what? uh, So if you ever watch Game of Thrones, you can see where all the houses are in the big map room. Mm -hmm. They do it occasionally. So based on that and how Scotland is developed, those where the different areas in Scotland are, they have picked the different houses to Mm -hmm. fit. And it works really well because it all pairs about the right way. So you've got... uh, no, the north. north. You got the yeah. north. You got the south. Um, uh, there's. I'm trying to. You have the Elay Scotches, which are actually yeah. out on an island, right? And there is an entire house that mm-hmm. is on island, on an island, and they are known for just being like sea worthy people, yeah. really salty and yeah. angry, and that's the type of Scotch you get right. in that space. So everything kind of fits, and then they have two that are offset. So you have Johnny Walker, which is a blended Scotch, but I love blue. But they did their White Walker, which yeah. if you know Never the show, it. it's decent. It's still Johnny Walker, but they did their White Walker labeling, which if you watch the show, is anybody who has ever passed away comes back as one of these evil creatures. So it's a blend of all of the houses. Really? And then you have the Oban, which is the Night's Watch, mm-hmm. which again is a blend of most of the houses, but it's its own strong thing. And the Oban is big in DC. Oban is a delicious yeah. scotch. It is not big that big in down DC. here, 
Yeah. But I don't think it makes it this far down, honestly. No. Well, I think they just take it all in in D.C. and buy it all there and don't ever get it done. People are doing highballs. Damn politicians. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be another show. Yeah. Scott and I. Oban. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oban is great. But it, one of the fun things is Oban is the only scotch in all of the house. Like, not just in the houses, but it's mm-hmm. the only scotch in the Diageo portfolio that doesn't ever make it in the Johnny Walker. Huh. It's one of two, and it's the only one in this set that doesn't, which is really funny because the Night's Watch is the group of guys who fight off the White Walkers nonstop. Aren't you glad to have someone this knowledgeable? I believe sure. The term you're, you're missing is nerdy. Nerdy. No, I listen, I told one of my sons this a long time ago after a conversation with someone about nerds, and uh, somebody said something, and I said, here's the thing. And at the time, he was pretty young. I said, in life, you will meet very few, if ever one, nerd who is a failure. So that is always my thing on it. There's nerdy and there's geeky. Yeah. Both of which are people who have way too much information about something. Geeks never do anything with it. Nerds are people who take it they make and it a, make a living yeah. out of it. When, when you guys are talking about what you do every day at those and Scott's breaking down the kinds of beef and the process that it goes into that it's heavier than most people think about when you go in to say I just want a ribeye and you being able to break that down the way that you did that that both the, both of those and other things that you said are lessons in how you you try to win sometimes you don't win you work hard at things because as we know most businesses that get started fail but if you can stick around for a little while, the truth is it is because you immersed yourself in the granular details. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. It's like, what do you, what do I need to do? We, we were, uh, my oldest son and I were in the, in, in the truck driving someplace and there was a commercial that came on about Irvin Johnson, Magic Johnson, talking about him doing a, a talk on business. And the guy said, learn Magic Johnson's secrets to success in business. And I looked at my son and I said, let me tell you something. The only secret to success is there is no secret. Yeah. It's hard work. It's hard work. There are no secrets. None. Not one. Roll your sleeves No up. scam. No little class you can get into. No pyramid scheme. None of that. You just have to work as hard as you can. Nothing comes easy. Day. Nothing. And anything that does is not worth it. Nothing. I mean, it's... I learned that from my grandfather years and years ago. He... You know, where he, that's what he preached when we were kids, work ethic. Yeah. And it's all you got, man. It's all I got. You know, I may not be the smartest guy in the world, but are you? In the, in well, the, but I'm, I'm in such a great, working. I'm in such a great mood. I'm going to let that pass. Well, good. So Thanks. yes, yes. But you, I am one of the hardest working yeah, guys and, yeah. and I'm determined. I'm, I'm stubborn. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to fail. So here's the last thing I'll give you. I'll, I'll ask you guys as we wrap this up. So if somebody's listening right now and they're thinking about either branching out or and doing their own thing or they're in business small business because most businesses in America are small businesses and you know with everything going on now with the government in your wallet trying to get taxes the whole thing all that stuff that goes on what advice would you give people to keep them in the game whatever their game is don't give up I mean look, use all your assets all your resources possible before you just give up you know I said I'm, I'm not going to fail let me read if I do fail it ain't because I didn't try like hell yeah. I mean it's you know you gotta you gotta like what you're doing love mm-hmm. what you're doing be passionate about it and, and just give it your all and then if you you know if you make it man just keep doing what you're doing 
that was like, I mean, year two, year three, our first year anniversary, I was with Gustav. 30 <laughs> days without power. Yeah. Lost a whole month. Oh, yeah. I could have easily said, you know what? I'm not doing this. But we put ourselves together. We came back that next day. I lost my ex-partner because he couldn't handle it. George stepped up, and we just went at it. And from that day forward, I, I knew we were going to be a great partnership, and I knew, and I was determined not to fail because I wanted to show my partner that we could do this. And, I, you know, that might be. Nope. But that was nope. that nope. was me saying, yep. screw you. Yep. Yep. So. Nope. All about that. Uh, it's not easy, and but you're still here. It's still here. We're and still I going. people, man. We're still. I mean, you know, every day you got, you got, you know, you never know. But you know, when people you may have a piece of equipment that goes up, so I just heard that blows up on you. You got to repair it or replace it. You know, I mean, you got to be able to to move and and and, and, and think and adjust and and yeah, that's that's where I was going to go with it is and be humble. I mean, you got to be humble in this world. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. I was going to say. Always plan six steps ahead, sweat the small details, yep. but in the end, be prepared to adapt yeah. because that's what's going to, you can, I can plan the, the wine dinner. I can plan the wine dinner a month from now and I can sweat every little detail and make sure it's lined up. But the day of, I know that 10 things are going to go wrong and I'm going to have to adapt on the fly and be right. ready to do it because that's the only way it's going to happen. You can't let anything, any of it hold you back. Okay. The oven's not working. Here's what we got to do. Let's mm. move around. Here's what I'm going to do. Right. I mean, there's you have to be ready to adapt, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't plan in advance, sweat all the small details, have three contingencies in mm-hmm. place, and then day of, be ready to enact all of them. It's like I heard somebody say sometime ago, I don't remember who, but running a business is like a duck on the water. Calm on the Above the surface, chaos below the below surface. The always, always. <laughs> chaos below the surface, and that's it. Listen, man, y'all, this this has been fun. I, I'm gonna have to tell Brian Dykes because I've only done this twice. This is the second time, and I'm gonna have to tell him y'all showed him up here, coming in here and having let's such a good time. Have him come on too. Yeah, oh, that'd be that, great. That would be. Hey, let's do a, let's do a after smoke them. Uh, Recap. I, you know, we should do that. George, so, you should come to that Sunday, a, too. As we are recording this, Smoke em If You Got Em is coming up uh, Sunday, and it is going to be our sixth year. It's always a great party. Scott has a wonderful time, and I, and I do, too, but Scott has a great time. Well, I, could, I could actually... I could actually stop the proceedings, give Scott a mic, and let him entertain no, for 45 no. minutes. <laughs> hey. No, don't do that. No, don't I've do done that. it. No, well, no, we didn't ask you to. But you no, want no, people I'm, to I come back? <laughs> Say what? You want people to come back? <laughs> no, it's. No. Uh, and by the way, one of the items at this year's event is a dinner at Doe's. Scott did that last year on the fly, and most people don't even know that Scott did that on the fly last year, uh, and because of the cause. Yep. And the whole purpose of the event is supporting people who support vets and first responders. We give them all the money. Uh, I don't have a 501c3. Bobby D'Angelo is the middleman this year for two organizations. We raise money and we help them. Yep, and that dinner for six is gonna be, it's a steak dinner, three or four course meal. We're gonna have some wine pairings. Yeah. Uh, George will probably come out and talk to you about some good uh, rye, bourbon, rye whiskeys. You know what, I'll tell you what, this is the, I know this isn't the first I'm hearing about it, but now that we're sitting doing it, I have a couple of fun ideas. We're going to play with this, and we're going to leave it as a big surprise for Sunday. I love that. <laughs> okay. As Scott Let's clinches up in his seat about a half an inch. I love <laughs> no, that. No, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> things are about to get weird again. Gentlemen, gentlemen uh, you know what? No, we, we joke and clown a lot because, you know, I love you both. You're great people and your restaurant's great. I appreciate y'all coming in and doing this. And you got to sign the door. Uh, and, and I guarantee you I'll wait until tomorrow before I erase your name. You're going to erase it. Fair I enough. know it. <laughs> uh, correction, you can erase his. Yeah, well, wait a minute. Wait, and he wrote the... <laughs> I wrote Sharpie. <laughs> you, see what, you, you see what Richard Condon wrote on, on the other door over here, Scott, right yeah. over there. You see what he wrote there? Look at that. He's got Condon. The M is silent. Nice. I love Richard Condon. <laughs> eat at Doe's. Doe's Eat Place in Baton Rouge. For those of you who are listening to us who are in town who have never been to Doe's, it's on Government Street. And look, they didn't know I was going to do this. It's a great place to get steak, but also the catfish is just <laughs> it's awesome and uh, and also go in and ask for George you will probably ask uh, Scott to leave your table alone if it no I'm kidding uh, go and meet the guys it is a great place and, and boys y'all do a great job at those I appreciate y'all alright Clay this is Dr. Mary Catherine Roderick and I'm Katie Fetzer we're the owners and co-founders of the Wellness Studio a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington we are also your host for the Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get the Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107.3 mobile app. Promote your business or organization on podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. This is The Clay Young Show. All of the lights. Here it is, the sixth annual Smoke 'em If You Got 'em taking place at Ben 77. I told you all about it in the open. Why wouldn't you want to be there? Supporting military veterans and first responders, live music, a grill station, a cigar station, a dessert station, unbelievable auction items both live and silent, and celebrating the people who defend our cities and our country. You can get your tickets right now at smokeembr.com. That is smokeembr.com. I always look forward to the event every year, and it's a chance for us to do a good work and celebrate those people who take care of us across this country and our armed forces and, of course, law enforcement and first responders and all of the people who do the great work that they do. So you can get your tickets at smokeembr.com. And thanks again, by the way, to Scott and George. They just left out of here a second ago, and I was laughing with them outside of my office just about what they do. Those guys are good guys. And uh, I mean, it's funny what you hear and hear. Uh, with us talking a second ago is just kind of how they always are. George is a, is a consummate professional. And, you know, and, and okay, here's a little bit of a tidbit into my personality. Um, 
I don't always do well with people who require tons of effort to like them. That's about as diplomatic as I can be. Be who you are. But don't be an a-hole. That's really not that hard. And Overby is somebody who is just who he is all the time. Loves to laugh, loves to be he loves to be happy and loves taking care of people in his restaurant. And I told you earlier about George. George is a person who he's got thick skin and you can't be his friend if you don't have thick skin. <laughs> because the first time he comes out and you're talking with him and when he walks away, you're probably going to think that he was trying to offend you. And that's just not who he is. He doesn't care about tender feelings. He's just that guy. And I love that about him. It makes me laugh every time I see him. And I think life's too short to walk around wearing every emotion you feel on your sleeves. You know, just it's it's and you know, look, there are people who are offensive because they're just douchebags. And then there are people like George and like Scott and like so many others I know who are just confident enough in themselves to just tell you what they really think. And I think that is an undervalued virtue in society now. So I was glad to have those guys in here and we'll do another one at their place. And I could call Brian Dykes and ask him to come in and do the show, but. I think I may like him too much to do that to him because in here with these two guys and, and Brian's another one, man. Brian is uh, he's one of those guys that you won't you don't know how to take him if 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 you're walking around sensitive all of it all the time looking for an excuse to cry or be offended. He's just not that guy. But uh, he's also a dear friend. And and when I went to him about doing smoke him all those years ago, he didn't hesitate to say, let's do it. And it's amazing. We we. We do the event, and I remembered him asking me, what do you want to do with the bar? Like, people are coming in, and everything he's doing is like, brother, that's yours. Like, these kids work for you. They're coming in. I mean, he's just good people. And, you know, I don't think it takes that much effort to find people who are worth investing in and having some faith in if, if your heart's in the right place. But, you know, that's just that. So for everyone who's bought a ticket to smoke them, I'll see you Sunday coming up here and for those of you who couldn't make it hopefully you can get into that event next year it's a good one it's a great cause and listen i appreciate everyone who listens to this show if you want to stay connected with me on social at clay young br on the twitter uh, on instagram it's clay underscore young br and on facebook just clay young this has been great and i'll catch you on episode 204 Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.